What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill, branding your work. As a technical writer, you've likely not considered branding yourself in your work, and understandably so. Your documentation, no matter how masterful and easy to understand, often isn't associated with yourself. You don't get a byline, you don't get an image of yourself below the headline. Instead, it's just another piece of content created by the documentation team. However, that doesn't mean there's not value in creating your brand as a technical writer. And you can do so in ways that align with your philosophy and perspective of the industry. Take Tom Johnson, for example who's built a brand for himself around his tech writing site, I'd Rather Be Writing, which I highly recommend, as you'll sense in this episode. Or Sarah Maddox at Google Maps, who's built a brand for herself through her site F Feathers, combining her interests in technical writing and science fiction. You have a unique perspective on technical writing that you could build your brand while helping your peers lead more fulfilling careers. And in this episode, you're going to learn how to do it. We have Ash Blankenship on the podcast. He's a former fellow podcast host at Parksify Podcast, where we first met, and today is the founder of Acme Design, a web design service that helps entrepreneurs and creatives build their online presence. In this episode, Ash shares how you can find your unique perspective on technical writing to brand your work, including how to use content to build your brand, plus figure out what to say, how to choose the right platform to build your brand, including free tools to grow it, and lastly, You'll learn how to build a tribe that believes in your approach to technical writing. Big shout out to Knowledge Owl, a wonderful knowledge-based software product for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hey there, Ash. What's going down? Hey, Jacob. Not too much. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How's life in yeah. Sacramento? Oh, it's pretty good. It's getting hot here now already, so uh, yeah. How are things with you? Things are going good. Just kicking it yeah. in Denton, Texas. Uh, nice sunny good. day as well. Good for nice walks around the block. You know, During my, my day job, I work for an organization called Strong Towns, and a big part mm-hmm. of my job is to converse with um, new and prospective members. Um, we're mm-hmm. a nonprofit, so um, our members are essential to the work that we do. And it was a great day just to call a bunch of them, put on my Luna sandals, and knock out calls. Mm-hmm. So I've had a nice little day so far, and happy to be chatting with you now. And Ash, this feels like a, a reunion of some sort. I mean, it we does. met for the first time. How how long ago was that? Maybe three, four years. Yeah, at least. Yeah. And I believe we met on Twitter. Is that right? I think we initially um, corresponded on Twitter. And mm-hmm. then I, I was a fan of yours. I think I think you had just, you were maybe a few years into Parksify. And listeners, mm-hmm. um, Parksify was a wonderful urban design site slash podcast that Rash, Rash Ash ran. And I remember I was just getting involved in that urbanism scene. And 
big fan of your work and I knew you were in LA. Mm -hmm. I happened to be in LA one weekend and I think I just tweeted at you and like, Hey Mm -hmm. man, like want to get together, (laughs) want to kick it and talk about this. And and then we met at Pete's coffee shop in downtown LA and Mm -hmm. ended up doing a podcast together for several years. And now we're back chatting on the not boring tech writer. It's gone full circle. It has. Yeah. (laughs) Start jumping right back in from where we left off in a way. That's right. That's right. That's wonderful. Super happy to have you on the podcast. We have a a great skill to cover together, and Mm -hmm. that is branding your work. And Ash, Mm -hmm. I know this is this is what you're involved in now. You've you and I both have had a variety of um, professional changes the past several Mm -hmm. years, and I know now you're working on branding. Can can you tell listeners a little bit what you've been up to these days? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've both been hustling a lot over the past Uh few years. So um, I actually have been doing website design and branding off and on for about 20 years. I got started with that when I was a teenager, and I used to stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. teaching myself how to code. And I started with HTML and CSS and some JavaScript and things like that. It's just been a passion of mine. And um, like I said, I've been doing it off and on just as clients come to me. And actually, just uh, about a year and a half ago, I was not working full time, and I just happened to get two clients And I thought, well, you know, maybe this is just a sign from the universe that I should be doing this type of work. So I started doing it as a a freelancer and ended up getting a few more clients and doing some more websites and branding for uh, a nonprofit in L.A. and then um, an an actress actually in L.A. after that. And then I decided to jump into a business and I created Acme Design and I got my LLC back in October of last year, so October 2018. And uh, I'm still growing it and I'm still helping some some really great clients. We've got a a new client that um, we've been building a website for, which is actually just launching uh, this week. So I'm really excited about that and to get that out. Um, But really, our focus is just about about helping our clients succeed. Our, our target audience is small businesses, creatives, individuals who do side gigs like a lot of your your listeners probably do. And like, I guess we, we both have in the past and to try to just help them and help them gain momentum and help them build a stronger brand. And really, I feel like we can look back and judge our work by looking at our client successes. Yeah. So for example, if our client makes more money off the website long-term than we did getting paid to, to build it, then I think that's a great thing. And that's a big success. And that's what we strive for. I love it, Ash. And I've been, I've been following your work for a while, even back to the Parks mm-hmm. Five days. Now you're doing Acme. And I, I'm really impressed. I mean, I remember whenever we were first talking about Acme, you just launched this. And now I mm-hmm. saw a couple of weeks ago, you're talking about creative mornings. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, doing, you're doing excellent work and mm-hmm. really, Thank really you. excited to hear the insights that you have to share with listeners today. Yeah, I want to start with this conversation about branding. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we hear this term a lot and, you know, we're, we more so associate branding with maybe a product or a service and not so much, you know, our own brand or branding mm-hmm. our work mm-hmm. as technical writers. Ash, I would love to hear your definition of brand and why does branding mm-hmm. matter for a technical writer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I really think it comes down to just personality in a way too. I mean, especially if it's an individual, like a tech writer, for example, or someone doing creative work or a graphic designer, you know, your work is also your brand in a way too. Um, And, you know, we see that consistently with people who are doing creative work or even coding, like our, our, our style um, basically is, is kind of created and formed over time. 
So when you look at graphics designers and we look at some of them that are that are really popular today, and a lot of times you can actually look at it and say, oh, I, I know who did that, you know, just by looking yeah. at the style of it. Um, so I think really branding comes down to a lot about you know, who you are and how you present yourself. And I, I know there's like two sides to that because there's like a good side, but then there's also like some people are wary about it because they think, sure. well, you know, a brand is should be different than what my personality is. But really, I feel like, you know, your personality comes through in your work or it should. And that helps kind of define, uh, define your brand. Yeah, and I can imagine where people kind of get leery of branding, you know, because they associate it with maybe mm -hmm. like Instagram or having to share everything right. that they're up to on Twitter. But I mean, thinking about technical writers, you know, there's not not many who really take the time to do branding. But the ones who mm -hmm. do it well, I think what they all share is that they start with, you know, they ask themselves, how can I be of help? How can I be of service mm -hmm. to other technical writers? And that's where I think mm -hmm. of like, and listeners, I, I encourage you to check out all of these folks. I'm about to list off. Like I think about Tom Johnson. He runs this site. I'd rather be writing. If if you're mm -hmm. into tech writing and you've done any kind of general how-to tech writing Google search, you've definitely landed on his site. I think about Sarah Maddox, tech writer over at Google Maps. Think about the homies Mahal and Pavel just launched a new Polish tech writing podcast. And what all these people share is that they started a platform and they're asking themselves, how can I serve you? And then from there, mm -hmm. the brand follows. Ash, I want to start out with, you know, we've talked about what branding is, why it matters. How does a listener even get started in this process? You know, I think you have to kind of find what you are comfortable with. And, you know, today, especially, it's easy to become overwhelmed. You know, when people try to create their brand, whether that's their personal brand or their brand around their business, it's easy to want to jump into all of these social media platforms and to start doing stuff and to feel like you have to put out, you know, X number of posts each day and you consistently check it and you check your follower count. You become obsessed with it in a way. I think it's really easy to do that these days. And I actually found myself doing that you know, even a few years ago when I was doing Parksify. Um, that was something I would spend hours each day doing it, but that would take away from my work. So really, I think it it starts with your work and doing a really, really great job with your work and finding out what platforms work well for you. I mean, if you're a graphics designer, you know, something like Dribbble or um, Instagram, they're great places. You may not necessarily need to be on Twitter. And there's just different different ways to, to present yourself on different platforms. And I really feel like it comes down to you have to enjoy it. I mean, there are going to be some things that feel like work, but at the same time, you can't allow yourself to become stressed. And sometimes sizing down and doing the the minimal amount of work that you can do and do a really, really great job at that, that's going to do better than doing a mediocre job at everything. What would be an example of that, Ash? So I'm listening to this podcast. I feel like I have something mm -hmm. important to say, but I want to start with something small. What, what does mm -hmm. that look like? I, I really think it comes from doing what you do from the heart. I mean, really write something that you would want to read. You know, that was one thing that I um, actually read one time that was really striking to me and that there was stuff that I wanted to read that I couldn't find. So I thought, well, maybe I should be the person to write this. Yes. And that's kind of how I got started with it. Instead of trying to, to compete with other people or to try to do things off of other people's work. Um, so I really feel like that's a, a great start and a great way to, you know, add some 
some passion into it is just to write stuff that that you're passionate about. Um, and I've even found times where I was reading an op-ed or something about maybe an urban policy issue, um, and I disagreed with it. And I wanted to be able to say, you know, I respect your decision and I respect why you wrote it. And I understand, you know, the, the message behind it, but I think different and here's why, and then make my case for that. So sometimes there's ways to do that in a very, you know, very polite and, you know, way that, you know, works really well. And I think that we can all kind of do that. But I really think it just comes down to what sparks your interest yeah. and what what's in your heart. What do you feel? Kind of following your gut, your intuition, and putting that on paper or putting that into your work. That, I think, is a really great start to a really strong brand. Yeah, that's an excellent way to put it, Ash. And, um, flashback maybe maybe two years. Um, mm-hmm. I presented at Mad World Conference. It's an annual conference by madcap software they did the the madcap flare and several other products for tech writers and um, my presentation was you know how can tech writers build their influence and -hmm. really what i started with was you know first when you talk about content we need Mm -hmm. to do something helpful we need to create content that's intriguing like you said fills a gap but Mm -hmm. i think a big part of that is like you said learning learning how to share that content like Mm -hmm. for example say i want to start a tech writing blog to help Mm -hmm. build my brand if i looked at tom johnson's i'd rather be writing site i see his beautiful api crash course and i Mm -hmm. say you know what i too want to start a tech writing blog and i too want to do an api crash course and if i just solely used tom's site as inspiration without kind of, you know, adding my own interest or my own twists, mm-hmm. you're not really going to be able to build a brand that well. There's a wonderful mm-hmm. site, um, the Content Marketing Institute, and they call this the content tilt, you know. So say I want to build my brand. I've decided what I'm going to, what content I'm going to share. Maybe that's tips on becoming a more marketable, diversified tech writer. Mm-hmm. I have to find a way to tilt it in a way to make it more intriguing, to be able to separate myself. And there's a lot of excellent tech writers who do this. Um, I spoke about Sarah Maddox earlier. What's Mm -hmm. awesome about her site and the way that she builds her brand, Sarah isn't just a tech writer at Google Maps. She's also a science fiction writer. And it's Mm -hmm. so cool, Ash, because as you look throughout her site, there's all these like science fiction references throughout. She finds the associations between science fiction writing and tech writing. And it makes it really, it makes it interesting, you know, because as we talk about building our brand, it's not just a logo and a couple of blog posts and email lists. It's also mm-hmm. like being memorable. Do, do mm-hmm. you have any tips on, you know, as a tech writer starts to build their brand, start to create content, how mm-hmm. to make that content memorable and differentiate themselves from other technical writers? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I kind of want to, I just thought about something too about, you know, branding and branding in a way that comes out into your work. And I thought about Kara Swisher. Um, yeah. And Kara Swisher is known for being tough. You know, she asks tough questions and she pushes back. And so when a lot of people think of Kara Swisher, they think, oh, this lady's really tough, you know, and that's in a way part of her brand. That's part of who she is. And that comes out in, in all of her work that I've seen. Um, 
And then there are some you know, tech writers who focus on, you know, more financial things or like talking about unicorns and stuff like that. So I really think you have to find something that's part of your interests too. Um, I mean, if you don't feel like you can, you know, be a Kara Swisher and you shouldn't try to copy what she does, but find something that, that you're good at in your way. And I think that's kind of part of, you know, your personal branding and that comes out as well. So I think that's a really great place to start is to kind of do that. And I would say, you know, you sometimes have to discover what you don't like by giving it a try. So you may mm. have to, you know, because I have, I've discovered that a lot too with, you know, my writing, even with Parksify, because sometimes I would write about certain topics that struck more interest within and, and, and opposed to the other stuff that I would be writing that. So I kind of had to, to, to learn and you kind of have to go through. Um, I, I remember there was one blog post I wrote and it was called writing through the shit. And I wrote that because you have to write a lot of shit before you can start writing sure. good stuff because you sure. have to discover your own interest and yourself and your writing style and your personality. And I really think that's true for all of our work, you know, um, even with, you know, website design, I look back now on some websites I created years ago and I'm like, wow, that looks terrible. What yeah. was I thinking? You know, and I kind of feel like maybe even the stuff that I'm creating today, it could look terrible years from now as as design styles change and things change. Sure. Um, it's almost like clothing in a way how, you know, you go through uh, different phases and different styles that you go through throughout the years. And sometimes those come back later and kind of recycle. But I really feel like you kind of have to find your, your niche really in a way. And I even had to do that with Acme Design. So when I started, I didn't want to limit the work that we do with Acme Design, and I wanted to create websites on any platform or custom websites, you know, with custom code or WordPress or Squarespace or whatever. And it wasn't really working. And I had to figure out what was actually working. And we came up with the idea that, you know, considering our target audience, we could do something very niche, something very, very small. Um, so kind of going back to the the minimal minimal amount of work that we could do. So that's why our focus now, and this may change in the future as things change, but our focus now is simply building Squarespace websites yeah. and working with email campaigns through Squarespace, which actually just launched an email campaign recently, and MailChimp. And when we put that together, the Squarespace website, MailChimp email campaigns, and a strong brand, we can really, really help our small business clients and our creative clients scale up, create platforms for really bringing in money and getting themselves out there more. That's that's the ultimate goal. So Ash, you introduced an interesting element to building a brand, mm -hmm. and that's choosing, mm -hmm. you know, do I want to be a generalist or a specialist? So you talked mm -hmm. about early on in the Acme days, you were probably willing to pick up whatever project you could get in relation to web design, mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. as you kind of built your own skills, learn what kind of projects interest you, you realize that, hey, like my main focus is going to be email drip campaigns and websites built mm -hmm. on Squarespace. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's something that a lot of tech writers struggle with as well. You mm -hmm. know, because um, oh, yeah. a lot of the time we're generalists, you know, mm -hmm. we're expected mm -hmm. to write to the end user documentation. We're expected mm -hmm. to code. We're expected to add all the pretty arrows and numbered lists on screenshots. But mm -hmm. and, and I, I keep talking about Tom Johnson. I think he's the homie, and I have a lot of respect for him. So I'm going to bring something up again. Mm -hmm. um, he, he advocates for you know, don't hesitate being um, the opposite of a generalist. For some reason, it's in my mind, a specialist, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of branding too. 
like say you're in this weird niche in tech writing where you are exceptional at creating, um, I don't know, um, a- a- API docs for, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, some kind of mapping software. Like if that's your specialty and you mm-hmm. choose to build an audience around that, sure, and maybe like a tenth of the size as opposed to creating a more general brand. Mm-hmm. But golly, you are going to be the authority in the work that you're doing. And mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, you were early on writing a bunch of shit as mm-hmm. you described it. And that's totally true in the very early stages of creating our brand. And listeners, mm-hmm. I would just really encourage you. Um, any, anytime we talk about this, you know, pursuing something new, trying to build a new brand, I always think of the same Anne Lamott quote. And I have, it, I have it written on my desk. I refer to it every day and I'll, I'll share it with y'all right now. It goes, take the attitude that what you're thinking is valuable stuff. Then be naive enough to get it all down on paper. And I mm-hmm. think that's huge whenever we start these efforts to build our brand as tech writers because it's going to feel unnatural at first. You know, we're mm-hmm. used to mm-hmm. writing instructions. We're used to creating video tutorials. So this is going to be new, but if you feel like you have that association between Mm -hmm. two different topics, whether it's tech writing and science fiction writing, trust it. And then like Ash Mm -hmm. said, you know, you can adapt as needed and grow from there. Mm -hmm. I want to take a shift, Ash. You know, Mm -hmm. we started to create the content. Maybe we're, we're starting to get a few bites, a few subscribers, a few more page views. Ash, how do we capitalize on building this brand to start to build a tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and I kind of want to go back to, to where when I first launched Acme Design and that we wanted to try to do everything. And that kind of played off my fear because mm-hmm. I was afraid, what if there are clients out there I'm going to lose? I'm not going to be able to capture as many people as I can if I you know, don't, do everything. So I kind of had that fear of like, I'm going to lose a lot of potential clients by focusing just on this one niche. So that fear um, was, I mean, it was, it it played a a big role in my decision. But then after a while, I realized, you know what, there are plenty of people out there who need exactly what we do. And those are the people I need to look for. And those are the people who really need to be, you know, my tribe. And it kind of goes back to like, I don't need 10,000 clients right now. You know, I only need just enough to be able to survive off of. And that's what um, we kind of talk about. And I've heard Seth Godin talk about this too, is your smallest viable audience. Who are the smallest number of people, the smallest clients that you can have and live comfortably off of financially? Like what, what is the smallest number? And, and I mean, that may only be 10, you know, if you can get, I mean, even if we could get 10 really great clients, who are consistently working with us, that's, that's really all we need. And we can scale up from that, you know, and then if we eventually get to 20, that would be great. And those other 10 would probably come from one or more of the 10 clients that we would be currently working with. So that just kind of expands off of itself that way. Um, I kind of think of it as a, as a tree with different branches. So really all you need to get is like a few strong branches and then that's going to continue going out into other branches and other areas. You're going to continue growing your audience or growing your client base. So it really don't have to go out there and, you know, beat the streets and try to get 
whole bunch of people to, to follow your work because chances are you're just going to exhaust yourself. Um, and I actually did, you, you, you mentioned my creative morning speech, uh, which I did a few weeks ago. I also did one for 1 million cups and with 1 million cups, there's a Q and a session at the end. And somebody asked me this, this question was that, you know, who is your target audience? How many people are you, you trying to reach? And what are you doing to try to reach everyone? And I said, well, I'm not trying to reach everyone. And this is why. And that's because I'm looking to just build that, that tribe and that smallest viable audience. And once I do that, you know, I'm pretty golden and I can just move out from that and expand off of those, those clients and those followers. That's right. So Ash, we can build a tribe to what you're explaining with Acme Design. In, in this mm-hmm. instance, you're building a tribe to eventually sell a service. And that's something mm-hmm. that tech writers can eventually do. Um, you know, after you build a tribe, you're sharing a bunch of helpful content. Maybe you start to sell mm-hmm. digital downloads, video files, whatever. But I also want listeners to understand, you know, you can build a tribe around um, an idea or a philosophy interrelated mm-hmm. to technical writing. Mm-hmm. You know, like what we're doing with the not boring tech writer, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. selling a product. I'm not selling a service. If you want me to do your API documentation, I really won't know how to. I've been out of the game for a bit. However, what I'm building a tribe around Ash is a philosophy. And that's mm-hmm. that tech writing is not a boring career. Mm-hmm. And we do that through, you know, as you know, in, the, in every episode, we cover a different skill that tech writers can learn to break mm-hmm. the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. So mm-hmm. listeners, as, yeah. as you're pondering brand, what Ash is doing, I think is end game. You know, if I can build enough of a brand, if I can build enough of a tribe that they'll eventually want to buy something from me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, again, Tom Johnson, if you're listening to this, you're wonderful. I'm sorry. I keep talking about you, but you're a great example of building a brand and a tribe. I mean, through all of Tom's hard work and he's been running, I'd rather be writing for, Gosh, I mean, ever since I was in university, so at least six years, you look at Tom's website and because of his hard work, because he's built his tribe and created a lot of helpful content, mm-hmm. I mean, his sidebars are filled with ads of different technical writing companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And yeah. I bet if we asked Tom, he would probably never tell us this, but with an email mm-hmm. list of about, I think, 3,400 and I think a dozen ads on his homepage, I mean, we want to talk about making money off your brand. I bet, I bet Tom's pulling at least a couple thousand a month, mm-hmm. if not yeah, more. Yeah. And it's sort of from the pure place. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about what is branding. People get concerned because they might think it's just a facade and doesn't actually represent the person. And that's not the case. And mm-hmm. I'd rather be right. It's a great example of that. He gives you all the information you need. He has great courses. And he was mm-hmm. able to build that authority and build that tribe where, you know, he can able to have a passive income and yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Ash, I want to talk about different platforms yeah, that people can yeah, use. You know, we've talked about website. I'm doing this podcast with the not boring tech writer. Mm-hmm. What different platforms would you recommend someone starts to create content and start to build their tribe? Yeah, of course. I have one thought that I want to say before we get to that Please. really fast. I think it would be awesome to challenge people to say, set a goal for getting 10 new followers for your work, you know, and then once you get those 10 that celebrate that and then go and get yeah. 10 more, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I need a thousand new followers overnight, you know, with my work, it could be, it could be 10, it could be five, it could be one, you know, but that one more is one more than you had yesterday. 
That's right. I really feel like Medium is is one of the first things that comes to mind, um, just because it's a really great blogging platform, but it also has that social aspect to it. So you can get followers, you can follow people on there, and you can actually comment on other people's work. And um, I really think that there are some, some big companies and big writers that are on there as well that are cross-posting their stuff there. Um, I've even seen some publications on there as well. So I think that's a really great place to start. And then you can share your work and link back to that. Um, So I think that's a really, really great place to start is, is with medium because it's such a great blogging platform. And of course it's, it's free too. So it's not really going to cost you anything to get set up. Um, But I really think too, when you do something like that, I mean, consistency is key and, you know, I'm sure a lot of the, the people who are listening are, are writers already, so they, they understand that. I don't think you're going to have very many people who are listening who are going to go in and make one post and then never write again. Um, so I think, you know, Medium is a really great place to, to start, and I would really recommend that. And then just kind of – you can even build a platform around that. You know, you can even use that as your brand. Absolutely. Because you can customize that, and your work's going to come out. You know, your style is going to come out in that. And you can use that really as your homepage uh, to be able to to do that and to send people there. And there are some also some other embed options. So you can have people sign up for an email list. Um, and I really, really think email is still still really, really strong platform to use. I recommend it over social media all the time. And people sometimes look at me really weird and they're like, no, social media is king now. It is not. So email is so much stronger. I would much rather have an email list with a hundred people on it than to have 10,000 followers on Twitter. And I say that because if you ever look at impression rates, impression rates on social media are so low, but open rates on emails are are much higher. I mean, we look at open rates at 30 to 50%, 30%, you know, quite common, but that's still much, much higher than what you're getting, you know, the the one to 2% on Twitter. So I really feel like, you know, getting those and then you have those people's email addresses. It's almost like having someone's phone number and you can use that for years and years. So as opposed to social media where people drop on and off all the time, I really feel like emails, email is king. And I feel like that's a great way to, to market and brand yourself. And that's also why we always push with our clients when they're coming up with a new website to Use, utilize email campaigns yeah. and to jump, you know, right from the start, go ahead and start building that email list. Because eventually when you get, you know, a large enough email list, you can, you can maybe set a column behind, you know, or some writing that you did behind a paywall and yeah. then, you know, get people to sign up for it or something, or you may want to sell something or, you know, you may have a book that you've, you've published. And I think that's awesome. And email is a really, really great way to get that message out. And there's lots of free email marketing services that mm-hmm. people could use mm-hmm. too, Ash. Are there, are there a few that you'd recommend? Uh, MailChimp, definitely. Yeah. Um, MailChimp is is free up to, I, I want to say it's like 2,000 uh, people on the list, something like that. I mean, you just have the, the MailChimp button at the bottom, but most people don't even see that. Uh, MailChimp's a really great platform. Um, and then Squarespace actually just launched an email campaign feature as well. It starts um, at $5 a month. But I've been actually using that myself for Acme Design to, to send people out or send emails out to, to the lists. Um, and that's actually been really, really great. It, it works really well with Squarespace. Obviously, it would because it's built by them. But I, I recommend that as well um, for awesome. people who are using the Squarespace platform. And I would definitely you know recommend Squarespace as well or even something similar. 
Yeah, Ash, I love Wix and Squarespace, just low lift mm -hmm. ways to start mm -hmm. putting content yeah. out there. And going mm -hmm. back to email, one of my favorites um, is a service called Tiny Letter. Mm -hmm. This is a sister product of MailChimp. And what's great about this email marketing service, Ash, is that it's just it's no frill. I think mm -hmm. you can add a header image and some body content, mm -hmm. and that's about it. And, and, and it's completely free. So again, if your goal is just to share helpful content, but you know, you don't really need to have crazy slideshows and embedded video. Tiny Letter is a great way to go. And mm -hmm. I want to talk about Medium some more. It was so funny that you brought this up, Ash. Um, I talked about the presentation I gave at um, Mad World a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had a section about, you know, choosing the right platform to build your influence. Mm -hmm. And I used Medium uh, as an example, specifically your Parksify site. And like you, I, I'm a big fan of Medium for a few reasons. You mentioned how easy it is to create content. You already have a bunch of writers on Medium. You can share each other's content. But what I love most about it is the publications feature. And this kind of goes mm -hmm. back to what I said earlier about, you know, listeners, when we're talking about branding, the end goal isn't always to sell a product. You can, you know, build mm -hmm. a brand around, you know, uh, your, your philosophy around technical writing. What Medium does is that you can create a publication. So say, um, golly, what's an example? Say I wanted to create a, well, let's use the Not Boring Tech Writer, for example. I wanted to create a Medium publication about why tech writing is not a boring career. Mm -hmm. I can invite my fellow tech writers to submit their articles to my publication to share their expertise and their perspectives mm -hmm on why tech writing isn't a boring career. And then, you know, that takes a lot of the content responsibility off of me. I'm able to curate other people's content to mm -hmm. help build my own brand. So if you're really early on in this process and you know you have this unique philosophy around technical writing, but you can't pull a Tom Johnson and create like five posts a week, this is a great low lift strategy to start to curate content, start to build that brand without committing 30 hours of your week mm -hmm. to create a bunch of content. So, I mean, that that's, for me personally, that's one of the several reasons I love Medium. And I'd encourage you to check out Medium and see if there's any existing tech writing publications up there, you know? Maybe if you're just finding a way to, you know, how can I share my ideas? How can I share my message? But you're not necessarily ready to build your own platform. See if there's an existing publication that you can contribute mm -hmm. to and you'll be able to catch those viewers that are already following and, you know, maybe you submit two or three posts to this publication. People start, I don't know, are there still hearts at the bottom? How do you show likes on Medium? Is it still mm -hmm. little hearts at the bottom? Uh, I believe so, but they may have changed it. Um, okay. But yeah, I think you have a really good point. Yeah, people keep hitting those hearts and you're like, okay, like people are, are vibing with this. I can take that next step to, you know, create my own WordPress site, create my own Wix or Squarespace mm -hmm. site. Mm -hmm. Another just low live strategy to to share your perspective and again mm -hmm. trust it. I mean it's yeah. it's it's weird yeah. at first, but I mean if you feel like you found a unique content tilt, you know your unique perspective on tech writing, um, please share it because we don't have, in, in my opinion, we don't have enough people doing so. We have mm -hmm. Tom Johnson, Sarah Maddox, Eric Holster, and the homies that write the docs who are doing a fabulous job. You use mm -hmm. these guys as as motivation to start your own platform. And I mean, I, and I guarantee it tech writing is a small enough sector where 
um, you're going to find two or three people who are into it. You're going to find what mm-hmm. Ash called that smallest viable audience. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Well, Ash, yeah. this has been an absolute joy. And mm-hmm. I want to take a moment to talk about, you know, say there's a tech writer listening to this. They started to build their brand and, you know, they're getting really serious about this. Maybe they want to start monetizing mm-hmm. um, yeah. their brand and their content. How can mm-hmm. Acme Design help throughout this process? Yeah, you know, I mean, we love working with with individuals and creatives and, and writers even to kind of work out, you know, bas- basically a plan. Um, we never just want to say, oh, well, here's your your website, you know, it was great working with you and building this website and, you know, you're off on your way. It's really about, you know, sitting down, having a conversation about what the goal is and what the vision and mission is that you that you want to do. And sometimes when we do that, we we realize that they may be better off doing something else like medium or something. Um, but I love just having those conversations with people to figure out, you know, what what is the best route to take? What is the best thing to do um, to help this person? And um, I'm always happy to have that conversation with anyone. So if anybody wants to, you know, send me a message or something, I'd be happy to do that. But it's really just about, you know, finding out exactly what the need is and helping to fill that need and working with the client one-on-one to figure out how we can not only get this done and get the branding there that they need, but to even follow up with them and to continue that relationship even after there's a site launch or there's an email campaign that's sent out and to figure out, is this working? Is this working the way you expect it? If not, how can we tweak it? What changes can we make um, to really help you reach your goal? Uh, that's really what it's all about. It's not really, I, I feel like the the website and email campaign and branding even is, is it's kind of an, an aspect of something that's much bigger. And that bigger part is um, really just helping people and helping people grow and helping small business clients compete with maybe larger companies in their neighborhoods, you know, and just giving them that platform in order to do that. I really feel like if we can do that, then we've really hit the mark. Perfect. Well, Ash, thank you. This has been an absolute joy. I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing your expertise with us and yeah, you know, adding some variety to the Not Boring mm-hmm. Tech Writer podcast. You know, we've been kind of heavy on tools as of late. So it's mm-hmm. it's refreshing to talk about, you know, how can we help the tech writer brand him or herself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To finish yeah, up, absolutely. Ash, where, where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more about what's going down and follow mm-hmm. what's going down with Acme Design? Yeah, of course. So you can find us at acmedesign.co. Um, so we have our .co, .not.com, um, which often gets confused. But yeah, acmedesign.co. And it's Acme just like uh, Wally Coyote. Um, so I think that's pretty memorable. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Ash. So listeners will include the URL to Ash's website. We'll also include um, several links to different tech writers who have started to build their own brands. And again, I encourage you to use their work as as motivation as you find your own unique approach to building your brand. Um, and that's it. Ash, thank you. This has been yeah. fun. Yeah, we'll chat course. very soon. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Ash. Bye. Yep. Bye. Thanks again to Knowledge Owl, knowledge-based software for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer Podcast. And thanks each of you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ash Blankenship about how to brand your work. And we will chat very soon.